Hello everybody and welcome to Documentation Not Included, a tech industry podcast presented by DNI Stream, the live knowledge repository for software professionals and nearly got it out. I'm usually okay at this, just usually messes it up and I'm usually alright, but I messed it up today. <laughs> anyway, it is 7 o'clock BST and we are live on twitch.tv forward slash DNI Stream. I'm your cross host, Chris Seabock. It's all going wrong. <laughs> and today I'm joined by a returning guest, Parul Singh. Last time Parul was on to talk about um, mental health or rather high pressure burnout in high pressure uh, burnout in high pressure environments um and basically for our guests and people who haven't had uh, hadn't had the the oh my lord oh my god it's too hot for the last three days i'm like brains pumped mush it's the heat so please introduce yourself parole it- yeah, hi everyone. So I'm coming back. Uh, we did this a, a couple of weeks ago. So um, I'm a tech recruitment consultant based in Manchester, working for Manhattan Partners. Um, I'm also the company's mental health advocate as well. So I'm champion in the. <laughs> what have you done? I've, I've cursed you as well, have I? Listen, yeah, do you know what? I'm all right today. So, you know, champion like um, like good practices, not just like within the organisation, but outside as well. And so I work alongside a lot of my clients, not just providing um, like sort of like just the usual recruitment solutions. It's about how they can provide support to their employees for like their mental health. A lot of um, my passion for this actually stems from my own experiences, having suffered from um, anxiety for about five years um, and more recently probably depression for maybe like the last nine months. Um, so that I'm, I am also um, booked in to have mental health first aid training, cool. which is going to be next week on Friday. So that's a new thing since I actually came on here. So that's going to just going to give me like another level of like knowledge and experience you know maybe in other areas that I don't have experience with like firsthand to be able to help all of the employees of our company and externally um we I have also booked in for our first like mental health and well-being catch-ups with um all of the newbies individually because we've had three starters since we last spoke as well so it's been a while so I'm really excited to um to talk a little bit more you know just carrying on from the last time and thank you so much uh, for um, having me again I must have done all right <laughs> well we we I said we didn't quite cover everything we wanted to talk about last time and yeah. with most of our guests we always generally most of the time we invite people back because we never an hour is never enough you know and we, we do ramble a little bit we're not like an edited podcast we don't tend to do we we put out what we do yeah. live with the occasional edit tiny little edits every now and again but anyway um, so yes thank you very much for parole thank you for introducing yourself before we get into the main uh, core of the subject i'll just uh, say hello to everybody in twitch chat please do get involved with the show it is live we will answer questions um please share your experiences as well last time parole was on we had a quite an active chat we had uh, quite a lot of people telling us about their workplace burnouts and you know what what how they've experienced uh, the same kind of uh, same kind of issues um so, on to today's show, entitled... Hang on, hang on. No, I missed something. Oh, Josie would have me. I've missed the icebreaker. Our icebreaker. So, our icebreaker is a, a little thing that we do to uh, get to know our guests and, and let the audience get to know the hosts as well a little bit more. Um, I think last time we took you off guard a little bit, Pearl, with uh, soup versus... Some, I think you reminded me soup versus... Is, is cereal a soup? I think that was the last time. Assembly required, so yeah. Well, uh, well, we're not we're not doing it again. So anyway, today's today's icebreaker is: what item has been on your personal to do list for the longest? Which are you most embarrassed about? Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) 
I can give you a minute to talk to, to think, and I, I'll yeah. I'll answer first if you're. Uh... Oh. Okay, right. I tell you what, I'll go right. with mine. Up until I would say the last week, I've had a item on my to-do list for close to twelve years, which has been <laughs> fix a leak on my chimney, and it's not been my fault. It's been, <laughs> I've, I've, I think. The last set of um, roofers that have come along have fixed the problem finally, I think. And it has not been cheap, but hopefully it's done. We've had some bad storms this week um, over where I live, probably over the north of England, I'm not, not sure. Um, but it's hopefully um, sorted. But that would have been, up until last week, that would have been my thing. Um, now, the thing that's been on my to-do list probably longer than the chimney is this. Yeah. Right, I'm a clean and tidy person, right? I just want to just point that out before I do this. Okay. Right, that is my pile of shame. That is where all of my old tech, so there's speakers, there's televisions, there's monitors, there's uh, games, there's old computers, there's loads of old consoles and things underneath, underneath that. I've got loads in the attic as well, but basically that is my pile of shame. Our house is quite tidy. I am a tidy person. This drives me up the wall. <laughs> it's one of those things that it's not important. Everything else in life comes before it. So that's my my uh, thing that's been allowed to do this longest. Because you kind of like you own that house and you stay in that house. So I don't think I've got anything as bad because I've kind of moved around houses for uni. And then like after and I've just moved into like a new place. But I would say, does it have to be something that's still on the to-do list? Uh, if you haven't got anything, I'll let you off with something that you've recently signed off and it's been... Yeah, I'm actually not that bad. You know, I'm, like, really tidy at the moment. So. You're not that old either, though, you see. You haven't had you haven't had that much time to accumulate mental debt. <laughs> I, have in, I have it in my mum and dad's house. It's quite bad. But they're just as bad of hoarders as me. But I would say that when I had a car, it probably got, like, really needed a, a clean, like, a nice valet for a good like seven months, I think, maybe a little bit longer, maybe about nine months. I just couldn't be bothered and I knew I was getting a new one because the lease was up, so I just I just didn't do it. Mm, I'll let you have that. Seven months is... <laughs> I haven't valued my car for years, but it, I keep it quite tidy. I don't have much stuff in it, but I've seen people who look like they live in the car. My mum, for example, she, her car is just a tip, absolute tip. Yeah. Anyway, so... Mackie wrap, Mackie's wrap is like everywhere, but now I've got me on the It's just like you only eat in the car if it's hangover food. That's the general rule. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't eat in my car. I'm, I've said I'm quite tidy, quite clean. But anyway, right. So let's move on to today's subject. So little, okay. not not quite as lighthearted as our uh, as our introduction. But yeah. we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about mental health, workplace support. As always, I want to start with a quick question. I haven't prepared you for this one, so. Uh, Hopefully you can answer it. Um, so do you think the term mental health, in inverted commas, has negative connotations attached to it? Yes. Because I think generally from my... See, I didn't even have to think about that. This is just generally, like, from my experience. Like, whenever you say that, people kind of, like... If you don't really know them that well, they kind of can, like, get a little bit awkward. And, for example... If you would be comfortable talking about it in, let's say, in an interview, of course, you're a contractor, so maybe technically not the same for you, but, you know, say similar, for most people. Similar situation, yeah. If if we don't feel comfortable talking about mental health, maybe like in an interview, 
the first time that you're meeting a potential employer, then yeah, I definitely would say it has negative connotations because it's just kind of like one of those things that people encourage you to talk about more. But then if you do talk about it, they kind of get a bit awkward. So yeah, so that 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 harks back to a post I saw from uh, another streamer um, who talks about his mental health a lot. Um, in fact, I'll mention his name because he, you know, he's he's a friend of the the show, and he he does development streaming. Um, Copper Beardy, he's he's been on the show a bit, uh, quite a bit. Oh, I and he um, he talks about his mental health a lot and the struggles that he's went through um, throughout a number of years. And he posted on LinkedIn because he's looking for a job at the moment. And he posted on LinkedIn saying, every time I apply for a job, I send them my CV. And he doesn't have that much experience on his CV. He's looking for development jobs, um, yeah. but he's he's struggling. And he does have on his CV that he's been for a number of years. He's you know he's raised children despite his mental health problems. And I'm, I I said it's not that I don't think you should talk about it. I don't see mental health as a particularly negative issue, you know, from my eyes. But I totally understand how an employee who doesn't know you, who you are a completely faceless you know, your faceless piece of paper at this point, if they're looking at a piece of paper and the first thing you mention is, I have children and I I uh, have mental health problems, yeah. then they're probably going to put you to the bottom of the pile. Now, I'm not saying yeah. that's right or wrong. Yeah. But it's the truth of the matter, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. I think um, just if, if you take away that aspect of it, I think um, we actually had a really good discussion about what should be in like technical CVs and whatnot in the uh, Manchester Tech Slack group yesterday. And um, so like some really interesting points raised there where, you know, when you talk about things outside of your skills and experience, like people like to see a little bit of like the character, but then I guess it's a very like controversial matter is like, how deep do you actually go with that? Because like you said, at the point of somebody receiving a CV, they don't know anything about you. You've never really spoken to them and like you're a faceless person. So, but do you, how do you think we could change that? Do you think we should change that? Do you think that is a problem? Do you think is it something that should be on a CV? I know we're kind of diverging a little bit, but it's all related. Do you yeah. think it's something that should be on a CV? Because it's the first point of contact you have with a potential employer. Mm. You know, I wouldn't put I don't I've only got one leg on my CV, and I'm not. And it's the same when you think about what it is. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a. It's a yeah. personal trait, I suppose, but it's... Have you got one leg? I, well, I, it doesn't matter, does it? I sit <laughs> down all day. The point is, is that it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't stop me from doing my job, and it doesn't yeah. hinder me from doing my job. Now, if you put it on your CV, then that potentially says to me as an employer that I it might hinder me. But mm. that isn't really what we're talking about here. We're talking about when you are in a job. I suppose. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. What do you well, think? Actually, yeah, I mean, this actually came up. I did a, um, I can actually post, um, I can add the link into DNI stream a bit later just because it's actually not been uploaded because we literally did it today over lunch. And um, somebody was talking about, um, I have a, it was an anonymous question actually, so I don't know who it was anyway, but they posted about that. I have a bipolar disorder and I don't, is it the right thing to sort of like, 
disclose that in like an interview process and other things. And I said, there should be a point where if people want to disclose it, they can. So if they've gone through um, an agent or like a recruiter such as myself, I always make people feel like really comfortable and say, you know, do you, is there anything that you want the client to know before you go into an interview? And um, for example, this doesn't just tie into like mental health, but it also ties into things like neurodiversity and people on the autism and Asperger's um, spectrum. So for example, somebody who is on the um, autistic spectrum might really struggle to keep eye contact in an interview, but is that not one of the main things that you're told to do? But they are unbelievable. They have an immense like number of like other skills so I would really hope that but like can you explicitly ask somebody to like disclose it like should we be doing that should HR or internal recruitment the sort of pet people like in between it's um we're with the kind of worms here like could just talk about that's this. the thing is this is a catch-22 situation because when you talk yeah. about something something like autism someone yeah. who's someone who has either mental any kind of mental health issue or uh, is on the autism spectrum or anything like that, they don't necessarily know how to or want to or mm. feel like they, they might feel less of a, a person because of society, how society views them. They might not want to disclose that, but it might yeah. actually, in some instances, it might actually help them in an interview. For example, I have interviewed people who have blit- who they've completely aced um, technical questions but when it comes to anything like an icebreaker question or just small talk or just being just generally friendly or they they freeze up and they don't know what to do and they've had I remember this one guy who's who'd worked on he'd worked on like um, the computers inside Formula One cars and they have to be perfect you know these computers they they could kill the driver if they're not right you know so he knows what he's doing but he did not he could not talk to me and he I assume he was I mean again I assume maybe I shouldn't be doing that yeah but you know I gave him the benefit of the doubt and you know tried to make him relax and stuff but not every interviewer has those skills either maybe I don't maybe I just think I do (laughs) I think it's just like an educational thing as well I actually until about two months ago I wasn't even familiar with the term neurodiversity um and I then went away and I, I read a lot into it and looked, um, I think only 19%, I will have to double check this stat by the way, but I think it's only 19% of autistic adults are in full-time work and right. um, 70% of them actually want to be in full-time work. So, um, you know, it's about, if you if you don't know a lot about an area, this goes for like mental health as well. If you don't know a lot about an area, it's going to help you or other people around you. It's like that we have the internet now, right? So it's a lot easier than it was like 20 years ago just to, just to read up about a topic and you just don't know what difference that's going to make. I really hope to be, and you know, my, my aspiration is to be leading teams and like managing people soon. Um, so that's really important for me to actually understand you know if there's people within my team who are autistic or somebody is bipolar or somebody is like really really depressed to you know beyond maybe what I am so I would you know maybe I just couldn't understand it's just read educate yourself like talk to people I think um, when you're in that position um, in a position of leadership and we've yeah. done shows on leadership before and we've had some really strong leaders and some people who are very passionate about the subjects that you talk about. It's not just not just mental health diversity or neurodiversity, which I hadn't heard the term before, so thank you for that. Um, I've, that's my BOI on for later on. Um, 
uh, it's it's you know people who are, who are uh, in the LGBT community, people who are who uh, in minorities. You know, they, they in, in those situations. I've forgotten. I've lost my train of thought for some reason. But yeah, it's it's. I think having an understand that's it leadership. So I think having an understanding of other people and the fact that people aren't machines and people yeah. need support in more ways mm-hmm. at work and outside of work in more ways than just uh, right. Here's some work to do. Get on and do it. Yeah, you know, that's. I think that's, that's the key it. here, and some employers don't see that and some leaders specifically don't maybe get the training that they need for that as well yeah definitely I think that comes into um a couple other points later on where we're talking about like mental health training within leadership um but like but one of the main things we want to talk about is get this question like a lot from people um when I start talking about mental health like corporate support is like should should there be allocated mental health days I don't personally I don't even think there should be allocated holiday days sick days or mental health days because that's what my company do and I know I'm always like harping on about them but but that's because they're setting a precedence for what I think a lot of companies should actually be doing and at Manhattan Partners so for example I might get to like lunchtime and things have just piled up so much and maybe I'm just feeling really anxious I just message my boss and I'm like do you know what I'm just gonna take the afternoon I'm just gonna like decompress so like, okay fine they're not tallying it up and being like okay you've taken half a day so now you've got x number of days left for like mental health or even having to like forfeit pay because also work for companies like that mm. so what what happens when you actually let people have that and they don't take the piss with it because so it's like a couple of stats I made a note of because these really shocked me as well when I read them so I just thought I'd share that um, in the UK 70 million work days are lost to mental health every year which is the equivalent of 12.4 billion pounds per year which is 12.1 percent of the UK's entire GDP that is a big number it's a big 12.1 percent of the UK's so, entire country. I've actually put the link in the bottom. Right, I'm going to say, um, how, do you know how you how they came to those figures exactly? Uh, apart from the yeah. overall figures, things like how how do we know? Sorry, how does that? How does the 2.4 billion? Yeah. So Wait, when we say lost, are they are they is that lost earnings for the companies or is it lost it's earnings for the employees? It's a combination. So again, right. you post um you know the link at the bottom, yep, which I'll is, post it in chat for people. Awesome. So it's basically a combination of, you know, obviously direct money loss, so maybe from like sick days, which will be absenteeism, but there's also something called presenteeism. And so presenteeism is when people come into the workplace because either they feel obligated, either because they're going to lose money otherwise, but they're not working at peak productivity. So they may as well not actually be there. So that was something, again, when I was doing like a little bit of research around this and um, like mental health support and this was like a new term to me as well when I speak to people it's quite new to them mm. as well and now when you look back so think about like when you were a PEM employee god knows how long it might be a while for you like did you were you ever in a situation where you didn't take days that you really needed to just because maybe you didn't have six days left maybe you felt really really bad maybe you just joined the company no because I've I've always been a, a fairly confident 
person and, and I've always been very good with my days as well so I've never yeah. I mean there's been days when I'd like to have more time off in a year yeah don't get me wrong but I don't yeah. mean certainly not that I'm the wrong person to ask that question if I'm entirely honest <laughs> of course of course I mean if anybody if anybody in the chat wants to pop it in there but I think again from my own experiences and a lot of people that I I know, you know, whether it's physical health or like mental health, they've just kind of like dragged themselves in when you pretty much feel at death's door. I remember doing it once because I was within my like six months of like probation or whatever. She yeah. have any allocated sick days. And I was on the tram into work from Manchester and I felt so sick. I was really dizzy. I sat on the floor of the tram because there were no seats so I was standing anyway. Sat on the floor of the tram, got to work, sat there for 30 minutes and then managed to get the balls to just say, I'm too sick, I'm going to go home. Why, why did I do that in the first I mean, place? Don't worry, I just, I've, I've done that I've done that off my own back when I've been out to have a drink when I was younger and came into work just because I didn't want to lose a day's work. But that's not, that's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. So when you take into account like all of those, all of the days lost, if you consider if we allowed, not I hate the word allowed as well, because it sounds like it's like a, it's like a privilege. It should be like, it should be a right for you to have the time to look after yourself. My boss has done it as well, you know, just basically said, um, you know, today really, really, I mean, she's a director of like a startup. So, I mean, you're going to be like pretty, pretty stressed. Um, you know, have it. she she wears very many hats, and you know, she just at this point it was just me, me, her, and the other director, and said that I'm going to take like a, a mental health day today. It'll just ring me if it's anything, if it's anything urgent, and um, and I'll I'll see you like the day after, hopefully. And that was a totally normal conversation. I think just just normalize saying that I need some time for myself. I know some companies actually allocate like duvet days. I think that's yeah quite. What do you think about that? I, well, I think I, I'm a. I've probably said this to you before, and I've certainly said it on the podcast a number of times. I'm a big advocate of productivity yeah. versus bums on seat. Yes. I mean, I, I know I, I am a contractor, and I know my place when it comes to being a contractor. I, I don't. My clients don't have to worry about me, about my yeah. mental health, about my days off, my sick days. They get what they pay for I work a day they pay me a day or an hour or whatever you know yeah um but I if a client expects me to be on site mm. just because everybody else does or just because that's the way they do things then mm. I I'm I get mm. I get defensive I suppose about it almost to the point where I'll just not do it to make a point if you know what I mean because it isn't important to me what's important is the fact that I am delivering and that should be the same for everybody so when it comes to things like duvet days for mental health days sick days holidays um, anything like that it's yeah. about trust yes. it's about trusting your employees about trusting your team members and trusting that you've given again your leaders because yeah. every every team needs a leader there might be more than one leader in a team, but every team needs a leader. It's about giving the leaders the support that they need to be able to mentally trust that people are getting the work done. Now, if somebody has um, a situation, for example, where they are having six months of the year off with mental health issues, then mm. that, I mean, I mean, that is not sustainable for a business. 
Let's be entirely honest. Business to to be paying in like full pay. Maybe they could consider, I don't know, like going like part time or something. But yeah, I I definitely see like I see both. So sides it's not it's not necessarily. I'm not trying to. I'm not again. I'm not trying to downplay mental health. I'm trying to say that it it, it works on both sides at the same time. Yeah. Yes people are going to be sick. Yes, people are going to have... But sickness and mental health should be tre- treated the same way, no matter how it is looked at. You know? Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be... I mean, if someone's, someone's off with a cold, you know, they don't come into the office for other people's benefit, usually. If someone's yeah. off with mental health, they don't come into the office because they need time, and it's for their yeah. own benefit. It's not really, because it's, it's not really... It might affect the rest of the team, but generally it wouldn't. It would be them stewing inside themselves and and... Sometimes they might need to come into the office. They might need to speak. That might be better for their mental health because it depends yeah. on the situation they're in. Sometimes people's home life is what causes the mental yeah. health issues, you know? It's uh, different for everyone. And you know, when you, said that, you know when you say that like mental health and physical health should be like treated the same. And so then you could say, you know, maybe you just get like more like sick days. But then I think people don't like to put them together because people almost we at the end of the day we I don't take I don't think I would take my mental health sometimes as seriously as maybe like physical health do you know what I mean you you try to you try to like physically power through it sometimes when you feel like you need to but if like you've got a broken leg like you can't walk on it right you don't need to go and like get a cast and you know get it all sorted but I think having like separate kind of like mental health or like duvet days encourages people to take those times for the days where it might not even be proper mental health related. Like when we talk about mental health, you can also talk about like well-being. People, you know, like can suffer, from, you know, like low moods and different things and just not being in the right headspace without having like mental health disorders like, you know, diagnosed like, okay, you're like depressed. You know, everyone has like under the weather days, but it's one of those where you don't feel right enough to to work or work properly at you know your usual productivity i absolutely um, get that i mean i i have down days i don't it's not the same I, I can never i don't want to take anything from people with with mental health issues or with oh, depression yeah. or anxiety because i don't have that and it's hard for me to, to put myself in the same catchment when i have a down day you know yeah but I I certainly think this should it should be taken more seriously, and I th- certainly think it shouldn't be taboo. People shouldn't yeah. poo-poo it. If it yeah. gets brought up, if I raise a, a concern with my manager that you know, if I feel strong enough to raise a concern with my manager that I am suffering because of this, I've got too much work to do. I need you know, or or I'm just not coping very well with this particular workflow, or whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be work-related. Yeah, I need someone to be able to talk to. The fact is, is that you spend uh, a lot. I don't know exactly how much though, there will be statistics out there, but a lot of your life in work, doing yes. work. If you are a permanent employee, a lot of your day, most of your working day, is spent at work. So it yeah. has to be a happy, and a happy environment, good environment for you, and a productive and supportive environment for you. And yeah. if if a employee if an employer isn't providing that to to employees, then they need to change. Simple as that. Yeah. I'm not talking about employees running off to another place. I'm talking about the employer needs to change. Yes. Yeah. And again, that I mean, you can tie it into a lot of different things. But from like recruitment, oh, the joys of living in Manchester City Centre. You can just hear the sirens. Can't hear anything. Not, don't worry. 
regular, regular basis. And um, there was actually there was like some sort of construction going on while I was trying to do the webinar at lunch. So that was fantastic. Um, but what I was going to say is that you can tie that into like retention as well. And mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, tech is a is a very like competitive market, and there are a lot of the reasons why people come to me and ask, and you know, I'm looking to move on. It's not because actually not because of like salary and things it's just because they they don't feel like look af- looked after where they are and um, they don't you know they don't feel like they have the support they don't feel like valued the mental health support the well-being support like the flexibility and it's just another point that we were going to talk about as well wasn't it that with like when you this is one of the like actual tangible things that companies can do is give your people more flexibility like if you don't have it I'm actually quite apprehensive of even working with clients that don't offer like like flexibility around their working hours because that kind of tells me that um they like to like micromanage people because I don't feel like developers have to work a nine to five I find it quite strange so when you have again going back to some of my own experiences um I used to work eight to five thirty that's contracted hours but I got in 15 minutes earlier and I'd often do an extra hour in the evening so I was actually 7 45 to 6 30 plus an hour of travel each way um so it was um yeah it was quite a lot so mm-hmm. by the time I you know I wasn't really doing anything on a weekday except for eating and sleeping. Um, on the weekends, I was pretty like shattered. So my like quality of life was really poor. Add to that like the amount of stress. I wasn't making enough money. I didn't have time to spend it as well. So once you put all of that together, um, m- mental health actually really really suffers because you miss out on all of the things that make you feel better. I'm not saying like being able to go to the gym and see your friends and stuff cures depression because like no, it doesn't no. but it helps it, it helps does it's, help. so it's so so underrated so the thing is you know, if you're if you're constantly under pressure from your job and you're constant and you're spending so even more of your working hours i mean i'm not i i do these days i'm i'm very lucky i do whatever i want right my clients get seven and a half hours per day if as a standard yeah. a standard work day i don't care yeah. what my contract says they i argue and i say no you get seven and a half hours that is what i do simple as that mm. but i've yeah. got the experience and the confidence to do that and not everybody does and i do not commute into offices on a daily basis i'm happy to go in if i need to i did some tra- i haven't done it recently because of the covid thing but i do training on site i do workshops handovers that kind of thing but i mm. i'm different from an employee unfortunately employers have a a certain element of control over employees by law not they're not slaves of course you know but they do have more control than they have over a contractor that is how it works but that is down to the individual employer as to how much control they assert over their employees and this is the flexibility thing it's the if i'm not getting a quality of life while i'm doing some work i don't care how much i'm getting paid I will yeah. hate it. I've turned down extremely lucrative work in in Manchester, in London, or abroad because I'm going to be away from my wife and my cats and my guinea pigs because that is my quality of life and that's mm-hmm. what I care about and that's what should be... I mean, that's what's important to me. Yeah. But it shouldn't really matter what's important to me. It, should, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't concern my employer or my clients as it shouldn't with yours. They should empower you and give you the right tools and the right flexibility to you know to do that to do what you need to do to be happy in your life 
Yeah, I think it is easier said when, you know, for example, I've gone from a larger company to like a startup as well. So I think it's a lot easier to actually, you know, again, having the trust in your staff because we are very tight knit. We all constantly talk on WhatsApp like throughout the day. You know, we all meet up for going for, you know, drinks after our like monthly catch ups and, and things like that. But what I have to think about is how do we maintain this kind of like, you know, all of like the mental health support and everything for like as we grow bigger, like how do you manage it as you scale? See, so, this is what I've... I've a really hard question really really difficult question because I think I think all companies actually should have somebody who takes kind of dedicated ownership of driving like these like good practices which benefits people's mental health and well-being but it should be everybody's responsibility to get involved it's just like that person will you know organize things like review things but all managers, all people at like every level should actually get involved with it. And eventually it will just become such a such a normalized and like regular thing that that person's role might uh, completely dissolve. Like maybe it won't be needed anymore. That's so what I think. Have you, you've, you've obviously heard of it. Uh, you've heard of the yeah. term scrum master before, yeah? Yes. <laughs> do you know, do you know what a scrum master is? I mean, I know you've recruited for them, but do you, do you know what they do on a daily basis? Do you know what they sorry? You, you've uh, proper put me on the spot here. So technically, it's fine. I understand the different roles of people, uh, you know, obviously within sort of like a tech team, my specialism being like developers. But like my understanding is um, that like because Scrum is like a subset of Agile and it's a way and they sort of like um, like plan and like manage the sprints and managing like different no. tasks. No. So let me, let me just, no, they, but that's, the, that's a common misconception. So what a scrum master is, so what you've just described there is a combination of like a product owner, someone who's a product owner owns the product and uh, isn't mm. usually technical and they usually feed into the development team. The development team aren't just developers. They might yeah. be the product owner, developers, QA people, testers, database yeah. developers, all kinds of people. Sorry yeah. about that noise. Um, but a scrum master is the evangelist for the team. A person, if it's a big company and you've got very, very busy teams, you might have a scrum master who's dedicated to that role. But normally mm. it's somebody who's senior, who know, who's been trained in Scrum and Agile and knows what it does. What you've just described to me there is a mental health ambassador is, mm. is at the moment it's part of your role where you work. Yeah. But it could easily be, if you become a bigger company, it could easily be, become your full-time role for a certain period of time. Like a scrum yeah. master, while they are setting up the scrum, and while they are managing and essentially, not managing people, but a scrum master serves everybody. What they do yeah. is they, they're called a servant leader. So they lead by serving the development team, serving the product owner, serving yeah. everybody and everything. They, yeah. they lead by example, let's say. And that's essentially what a, a mental health ambassador should really be doing. I would, have, mm -hmm. I would have thought because they are advocating yeah. that, that people talk about mental health, that people, uh, that policies are in place within the business for mental health provisions, um, that kind of thing. So it's like a scrum master for mental health from what I understand. Yeah, Do you know what? I never thought about it that way. By the way, um, just for you and anybody else, the, my Wi-Fi is just getting sorted now. Oh, right. and Because this is very weird context, but essentially new building, all the walls aligned with foil for insulation, apparently. So this is the only place that I get signal. It's also a place where the Wi-Fi is. So if you hear like a little bit of background noise, do apologise. But Sorry. we can't. You can't because I think they're like tiptoeing around. So I was when like, you're... don't worry, 
got it. It's all good. When you're quiet, <laughs> as long as there's no big bangs in the background, there's a gate on the um, on the audio, so don't worry. People can't hear like little noises in the background. It should be. Quiet. Oh really? Yeah, it's all okay. clever. This audio stuff. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I it's... think I think that that as you, I mean, I don't know if you've got an answer to that, but as you grow as a company. You may yeah. become your role may become bigger for a time while you set up policies oh, yeah. and you set up the you know the set the environment, but then it may just be occasional reminders, making sure that people attend seminars. I don't, I don't really know what you'd want to do as a company, but whatever yeah. it is, it would be advocating it, evangelizing it, and making sure that people are on the right track. I suppose. Yes, and I would say it's uh, linking into the last session that we did. It's especially important because um, it can be very high pressure, despite you know all the things. Um, you know, we're a very very flexible company. It's the it's the nature of the industry. There's going to be times where I have to work until ten at night, not because somebody tells me to, because maybe we just had like a really urgent you know that contract role come in or something like that so like it has to happen so the need is always going to be there for it you know whether we're small or big and if in the future um we we grow but we're growing faster than we expected already so maybe in a couple of years time i might actually have to step into that briefly as a permanent role for a while and oversee the mental health and like well-being of everybody within the company right from um consultants to directors and then will somebody else, like a specialist, actually come in and take over that role at some point? But I would always like, you know, external people to like actually come in and, you know, do sessions on different things. People who are actually like properly, properly qualified in those areas. But I will be the person. Well, mental like, health ambassador or coordinator slash coordinator. Yeah. It comes in. It's the again. It's the same as the the scrum master. They're not necessarily an expert in everything yeah. that the team's doing the people are doing yeah. so you're not going to you're not going to know what all of your people in your business do you don't know their jobs but you do yeah. know that it's important to have these particular policies or rules or something in place to make sure that the the men, the mental the mental the mental well-being of the team members is catered for so yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a big job i think and i think a really important a really good way to do it is not kind of like assume what people want as well exactly. it's like ask, it's just it's just literally as simple as this sounds really obvious but it's just ask people what they want you know we um when we had one of our like morning meetings and I said to everybody I was like you know what I'm gonna book in for our first like mental health and well-being check-ins and um, which I'm gonna do with all of you individually um would you like it to be every week every two weeks like you can all actually decide individually some people might want it more often. And I've told people that if they actually just have it every two weeks, but they need something after a couple of days, just put something in my diary, like where it's free. Just having that availability and being like really honest about it. You know, when we have morning meetings and I'm having a bit of a, like an anxious morning, like I'll just say it because then people feel more comfortable and then saying it to me because it's like, oh, okay, this is like normalizing conversation. For example, we've got two two girls that started with us last week on Monday um, and they've both been like really, really open and honest. So it takes, it just takes one person to start that, I think. But if it's, if the catalyst isn't there, I it's think, not going to happen. I think there's two things you you can cater for there. One is people who don't want to be involved in that as well. You have to bear yeah. those kind of people in mind. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I mean, if I was a permanent employee, I'm, I would, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what I'd do. 
because I've been that I've been I've been contracted for so long that I'm I'm I run myself you know I've got me and the wife do our mental health things we go out for meals and we we go for runs and you know we do things together to to keep yeah. ourselves going um yeah. but then you've also got to cater for uh people that might need a, a bit of a help with it as well that they, they might not know how to say that how to tell people you know yeah and that's the thing it's not you, you with mental health there's one thing i've learned um with the people i know who have mental health problems is a lot of the time they just saying to them reach out to me if you need a hand isn't mm. good enough sometimes yes. with some people is sitting yeah. them down and saying look are you okay mm. are you okay yeah and, and and actively engaging and actively even maybe i mean i don't i'm not a therapist i don't know but actively asking them and poking them and making them maybe slightly uncomfortable so they will talk to you about it i don't know i don't know if that's the right way to do it but it's worked Just for me <laughs> and again it's going to be a bit of like if you're working with like a you know new team like new employees it's going to take you a little bit of time to figure out what kind of like person person people are does that make sense yeah does it? yeah no, does... every everyone's <laughs> individual and everyone's got their yeah. own foibles yeah. everybody there's there's my Not wife's a... got a saying i always got a saying that if you can imagine that type of person they exist yeah it doesn't matter where you are that they yeah. were whenever we say nobody will ever do that and then we say this that's the same thing to each other and we're like actually you know what i bet that i bet somebody does is Someone into does that, that. <laughs> uh, or, or you know has that problem or whatever you know uh, yeah exactly so it's not it's not assuming the kind of like support people the assuming the kind of like support that people need it's like actually sit down and like talk to your people like take some feedback as well you know i'm you know, first time I'm going to be doing these like mental health and well-being catch-ups. I ask them what they want to talk about. I'm going to ask them if the frequency is okay, if kind of like the way that I'm doing it is okay. Would you rather do it through phone or like through a Zoom call? And it's not going to be like a group thing where I'm going to ask them together. I'm going to ask yeah. them individually because I bet you all three of them are going to say different things. And that way I can actually tailor the support that I give to them specific to that person. I and think- this goes back to like... I think there's a, there's a danger there that you might become a therapist or a sounding board as well, which is, I mean, no, fair enough. If you want that, that's fine. And there's also a danger that it could be negative as well. Trying yeah. to, and I know this is a bit wishy-washy, but trying to see the positive or try and change things into a positive, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've had this in some of your training, you know, try and, yeah. try and look at the positive or, or find positive outcomes, not not solving problems, but try and look mm. at the good things that are, that are happening and, you know that it depends on the mental health issue as well every it depends exactly <laughs> depends what it is and like i'm i'm not there to be like people's not like a not like a therapist sometimes people just need somebody to just listen so this is what i'm going to say look if you want to if you want to just have a little bit of a vent about something vent to me if there's anything that you're struggling with i can either advise based on maybe my own experience or training but if it's something that I'm not qualified to I'll just point them in the right direction and encourage them to get that help because I think that's one thing which is like really difficult so I mean I had like um I had CBT trait um I was gonna say training not uh, CBT 
therapy, but T stands for therapy, so I'm just repeating myself. Yeah, I was just thinking that, but go on. <laughs> Cognitive behavioral therapy. So for if anybody hasn't heard about it, um, it's used as um, a sort of treatment for a variety of mental health disorders. So I had it um, over a course of five sessions for like depression. And essentially what it does is helps you kind of like rewire the way that your brain thinks. And I was quite skeptical at first. I wasn't totally sure. Again, I know this is going off on a tangent, but it's just being really open about, it's okay to go and have some, get some help, you know, get some therapy. So if somebody came to me, I was like, I really need some help. Like, I'm, like, really depressed. I'm, like, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm, I'm not a therapist or psychologist or whatever. But this is the, you know, this is, like, the CBT that I had. And I found it really, really helpful. So this is the way that you do it. You go to your GP. They'll refer you, give you contact numbers, a bit of a wait list. This how, you know, that's the kind of information that you can share. Because I don't really know how it worked, to be honest. So I get what you mean. You've got to draw, like, a bit of, you've got to have some boundaries, yeah, and you, well. you have to be clear with that as well. I don't want to get calls at 9 or 10 at night as well, you know, unless it's genuinely like a crisis situation, then, yeah, 100%. Anybody that I know, I say you can do that. But, you know, you got to have a boundary between what's what's real life and what's not. Yeah, I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, I said work is work, and no matter how you look at it, yes, work is there to support you and people at work and mental health ambassadors and, and the HR department and everything else, but they're there for work purposes. Yes. However, a lot of the time we forget that humans are human and for, and humans are, that the well, people are humans, sorry, that's what I was looking for. You know, that they... It's the human element of work that gets removed a lot. And it's by the sounds of it, your employer it is very focused on the human element. The fact that emotion yeah. is important, you know, emotion yeah. is good in some, you know, strong emotions rather are great in some instances and bad in some in others. And that's, the world misses that a lot. And I suppose that's one of the reasons that I contract is that I was so sick of that <laughs> everywhere that I worked. It's not really, they didn't really care. I yeah. didn't really care, really, yeah. because they didn't care. And I never asked, but then again, back then it wasn't, uh, you know, it's, it still is a bit taboo, but it was a bit more taboo then to talk about it. And again, I didn't have the confidence to talk out about these things. Um, I think I think the world's moving in the right direction. Yes, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're going in, taking strides in, um, you know, not just sort of like within our company, but from like what a lot of people talk about and... It's not that people, like, less people are suffering from, like, mental health problems, but I think, like, the support um, sort of, like, medically and also, like, from the workplace has changed, like, quite a lot and, like, people's attitudes. And, you know, if you can sit there and sort of openly tell people, you know, maybe I, you know, suffer from, like, bipolar disorder and some of the, like, lesser common ones as well, then I think we are moving in the right direction. But it's it's taken steps to sort of, like, foster that, like, culture, yeah. I suppose. It takes time, but I think just just by like doing things like these, like I was so happy that, um, you know, you'd obviously seen like a couple of my posts on LinkedIn about mental health, and that this is what you approached me to talk about, and I was, I was so happy because I thought, you know, we can be really open and honest about it. Like people can actually listen in. I can share the link, and we can actually start to have a discussion about it. Because sometimes I don't want to constantly post stuff on LinkedIn because. I don't want people to think that, oh, you know, posting about the same thing. Is it really like that engaging? Some people sometimes like comment in the post, but this is a lot more 
like interactive I think I feel like I learn a lot about myself and the topics as well you know just from like being here so I think I'm glad we're off in two seconds though because um, <laughs> you can go on forever it's the thing is is that we we talk about it a lot on the show I mean I'm I'm free and open. I'll talk to anybody about anything, and I always have been like that. Josie's very similar, but you know, she's she's very open, honest, you know, bubbly, and we we haven't got the strongest personalities, but we do this to keep ourselves sane. This is part of our mental well-being. We don't have. We've got. I mean, my my only employee is my wife, and I spend all my life with my wife. She doesn't work with me day to day, but we're sending emails to each other about work-related things during the day, and sometimes, you know, don't tell the boss, but sometimes I, I send her an email about what we're going to have for tea on Friday and that kind of thing. But you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we th- this podcast is part of, of Josie and I's mental well-being program. It keeps us going. It allows us to interact with new people. It allows us to meet new people. We both, yeah. I'm, I, you, I, a lot of the time, don't think that meeting new people is important. But you know what? It is. It, as much yeah. as I hate people, I love people. <laughs> I genuinely do. I love meeting new people. And, and that's what this is about. And, and that's one of the reasons, one of the, um, we have a community guidelines or community ethics uh, document that's on our website. We've got a business ethics and like a community ethics uh, document and they basically say this is what we stand for you know these are these are our key tenants um yeah. we do this for fun mostly yes there's a professional element to it but it's about nurturing a community and the more people will interact with us the the more happy we are you know we, we don't do it for the views we don't do it for the likes we don't do it to get the viewers we've, we're a small podcast you know we get plenty of people listening but we don't get so many people watching and watching on youtube you look at our youtube figures and the tiny but it's not about that it's about us it's selfish it's about keeping us sane you know and meeting new people yeah, well, what a fantastic way to do it as well. And because you've got it as like a as a regular thing as well, and you know that on a Thursday, this is what like you're like coming in to do. Do you know what I mean? I think that's probably an issue that I have at the moment is that my life is a bit too much sort of like chaos. Every week, every week is different. But again, that that's what kind of gets me excited as well. I have no idea what my next week is going to look like at all. Not any of the work days, not any of the evenings or the weekend, nothing. So everything's kind of make up as I go along. But I think what you're saying is that having this is your kind of like your little like haven, isn't it? You know, you know that you're going to talk about something exciting. You're going to um, interact with the people that are like in the comments and hopefully have like a new guest on as well. And that's bringing like value to life. Having purpose, I think, is one of the best things that's happened to my mental health. I think I think I found my purpose when I met my wife, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and I'd be as cheesy as I want, but that's exactly how I feel. I am I'm happy and content in my life. This is something that I do because I enjoy it. Yes, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. Putting a podcast together is not an easy thing. You you might know you do you do some yourself. You know with the the man. I don't know how the production goes on in that, but there are things going on. I. Yeah. I, the amount of joy I get from this and the community and the dev streaming and things like that, it's worth yeah. it for me, you know? And yes, there's some stability to it, but I used to be similar to yourself when I was younger. I had a lot more free time, let's say. Oh, no, hang on, no, I didn't. I had a lot less free time. I've got loads of free time now, and I don't do much with yeah. it. <laughs> um, but the time that I did have free 
was basically chaotic. You know, if I wasn't doing something, I was planning on doing something, or I was joining a new band, or I was doing a gig somewhere, or I don't know, I was going out for drinks with some new people I've met in the pub. Or so, you know, it was every day. It was different. Just, I've grown up, and I'm not saying that's a that's what will happen to everybody, but I've I've grown up, and I, this is how I am now, and I'm quite comfortable. But anyway, we're getting off the subject. Talk, talking about me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so we've had a few comments in chat. Yeah, um, we have ancient coder asked one right at the beginning of the podcast, and I did spot it, but we were kind of on a roll. Um, when is it right to mention mental health issues on the interview or after you get the job? And we were talking about this right at the beginning. What do you think? Ooh. I think Ooh. it depends on their mental health issue. Yes, I think it depends. It depends on what it is, how comfortable you feel how comfortable that person has made you feel so let's say for example if I feel you know let's say at the moment I'm definitely not going to be moving but if something if something changed in like my situation and um I I wouldn't feel like I needed to say because maybe because it's quite like manageable for me but I would mention it after like I get the job but if again, like you said about if you had like one leg, but it didn't affect you coding, you you probably wouldn't mention it at all. So it just depends. And like people, you actually can't. It's it's against. Um, I think it's like the ACAS rules that you you actually can't discriminate. So if you're worried about somebody discriminating against your mental health, um, during if you mention it during the interview process, um, they are they, that's actually illegal. So it depends when you want to say it. Yeah, the thing is, is what's illegal and what gets shoved under the carpet and um, what's it called? Un, in an unvolunt, involuntary bias. Yeah. You know, if somebody doesn't like somebody because they've got a bias against the colour of their skin or anything like that, yeah. you don't know that. You don't know you that that CV's been put to the bottom of the pile because of that. Exactly. But, however, so let's say... I, I, personally again what you said before about putting it on a cv personally wouldn't put it on my cv um however i may address it let's say it's a multiple stage interview process maybe not in the first one maybe in the later stages or if i don't mention it then i definitely would mention it when like i get the job and if that's going to be a problem um it's not not somebody i want to work for yeah i agree absolutely Um, yeah very very clear Air Adam 13, hello Air Adam 13, we haven't seen you in the chat before, welcome. Um, he says, he, he doesn't think, it, I'm assuming Adam is a he, sorry if I've assumed something there, but um, <laughs> um, it shouldn't be brought up in an interview in, in their opinion, the, the it, uh, mental health. If it comes up in like, if it comes up in like, this is such a difficult question. It is. Everyone have, everyone's going to have such different opinions. I think, you know, personally, I, I would get quite not like deep for like an interview but I want to have conversations on a level where this you know if the person that is interviewing me is going to be someone I'm going to spend a good part of my life with for the foreseeable future I need to know that I'm going to get on with them so we're going to talk about other stuff we're not just going to talk about the role not going to talk about the company not my experience and if it comes up in that conversation I'm gonna like bring it up this is like some of my like experiences you know, and maybe I talk about how I'd like to be like a bit of an advocate for it, you know, if in like the future. Does, does that make sense? That's, that's absolutely brilliant because what you've just done there, 
you took a, a while to get around to it, but I, I uh, you, you, what you just done there is turned a, a positive spin on it. You sound yeah. like uh, like I said about Copper Beardy earlier. Earlier, he said yeah. he said that on his CV he specifically states that he's had, yeah. you know, he's raised four children and, and done lot, uh, done a master's degree as well in spite of having yeah. health, mental health issues. I mean, I personally don't think it should be on a CV, as I said, because it doesn't affect anything. It shouldn't affect anything. And it's not necessarily something that an employer needs to hear at that point. And it may potentially stop you yeah. from getting an interview or a job because of the biases we have. But it doesn't mean you can't talk about it, you know, on a one-to-one basis in the interview or, again, yeah. if you feel comfortable. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's about gauging that situation. Yeah, again, not a one-size-fits-all. Well, Adam just said that. Um, he, I think he wanted better like wording around it so it meant that the interviewer shouldn't be asking yes 100% agree that it shouldn't be asked by an interviewer you can bring it up as an interviewee mm-hmm. you shouldn't let's say that HR are putting out like a job offer for you and doing all of that like on board and stuff they shouldn't kind of like specifically ask about you know mental health or you know do you have anything that like you it should just be like a general thing you know is there anything that you know we should maybe know about like your physical or mental health that we can actually support you with because it should only really go out after an offer so for say for example discrimination against um like women like children and things one of my friends got asked in a she was in the in in a, like a face to face like zoom interview and got inadvertently asked whether she had children or was planning to have children and it was like that's really wrong and I put a post about this on LinkedIn yeah you saw it people fighting it out in the comments and it's always a bit of a bloodbath when you talk about those sorts of things but at the end of the day you shouldn't be asking it in an interview because that person will never know whether they haven't got the job because you've discriminated against them being a woman and potentially needing nine, 12 months off for maternity leave, or whether they just went like good enough for the job. It should be something that is asked when making the sorts of like, uh, what is it? Can't think of the word Planning decisions within the work, within work. Any adjustments that need to be made, any like support that they're going to need, it should only really happen. You should only ask or give the opportunity for that person to talk about. Again, it's it's removing that human element again it's taken away the fact that, that yes she's a woman yes she might have a child at some point but yeah. any woman could have a child at, well sorry most women could have a child at any point and that's the point yeah. is is it shouldn't matter that you have to cater for this i could i could get the same job as a man and i could go let's go back to the leg thing i could have both my legs chopped off in an accident and need 12 months off work and they would, they would not be, um, they'd not be able to sack me for it. Well, they would bat yeah. an eyelid. They'd be upset about it because that's twelve months of productivity lost for them. But that's yeah. beside the point. They have to support that. And the fact that just because you're a woman does not mean that just and you might, you know, you've got more. There's more likelihood that a woman will have a child than a man will have his legs chopped off. You know, both legs, both legs. Yeah, the statistics are. But the point, the point I'm trying to get, I'm making it extreme because it's daft. It's it's just humans. People are people, and they're never. Society needs to get over themselves. <laughs> I'm getting on. I'm getting ranty now. But on that, really quickly, there was a woman in the comments who actually said, when asked that question, she said that she had two children, even though she had none, because then they just assume that she and she said, oh, "I've got two teenagers." You probably just assume that she's not going to have any more kids. 
the oh, oh, I've got two toddlers, and that well, you assume you might have a third. Yeah, because then if you say I've got two teenagers, you know, for example, my mum, I'm 24, my brother's 19, so I, think, I mean, people do have. Do you know what the answer to that should have been? And I know, and this is exactly, not, I'm not saying people will be able to sit or think of this on the spot, is it's none of your yeah. business. Can we move on to the next question, please? It was a, but, you know, it was a terrible, terrible interview. Respectfully, that's yeah. none of your business. Can we please yeah. move on to the next question? And then if that starts a, a heated argument or debate saying, well, actually, it is our business because of this, that, and the other, then you walk out. Yeah. Yeah, really anyway, we point. are running well over. I'm just going to see if there's yeah. any, any other questions. Uh, I think there were most of them, to be fair. There was a few. Ancient Code has followed up with a few more things. What happens if you need time off, and that's related to your mental health, or those that take counselling? So we've kind of covered that during the whole show, so I know yeah. you've been around to Ancient, but take them, <laughs> take them earbuds out and uh, listen to what we're saying. <laughs> Um, anyway, so we are going to have to close the show. Sorry, we're already we're just about to be late, so hopefully we'll get this uh, get this done and dusted soon. So, um, thank you very much, everybody. Um, before we close the show, though, we'll do our bring our own manual, which is our time to tell everybody something that we've learned this week. It could be related to what we're talking about today. It could be a techie thing. It could be something completely unrelated. So, parole. What have you learned this week? What can you share with our listeners? Have you thought this through? Did I give you time before the show? Yeah, you have, you have given me time. There's, there's been quite a lot, um, and like work things, but I might just do something like completely random. That'll do. A yeah. random fact you've learned, or yeah, in the past, can it be from like the weekend? Doesn't matter. You could lie to me. I don't care. I don't know, do I? <laughs> it could be like completely not true. Well, it has to be something useful to our, you know, to bring your own manual. It's about teaching other people something, you know, productive. Product? Could you call it productive if it's food related? Just, just tell us. Tell okay. It, as long as it's not rude or inappropriate, I think we're we're all right. <laughs> so this is a very underrated thing, which I feel like a lot of people actually don't know about. But you know, instead of going to like the uh, world food section in your supermarket, just go to an just go to a Chinese or Korean shop mm -hmm. and they literally have the best things in the whole world. Great selection of instant ramen, frozen dumplings, which you can just keep and just have anytime. You knew this was going to be a food-related thing. You're, you're, you're into your food, aren't you? What? I love, me and, my, me and my wife are big foodies. I've got her in, I made her a foodie. I'm, I love yeah. it. We, we do exactly the same. We go to, there's an Indian shop in Preston that we go to um, that's Hi. got a whole, I mean, just the vegetable section. There's some crazy okay. stuff there that I've I'd never see in as normal. You know, in a oh sorry, yeah. not I don't mean normal. I mean you know yeah. a stance safe way. Yeah, no, a safe way down the road, etc. Um, um, I'm really on. So that's why I always encourage people like totally just go and explore. Going to be so much stuff that you don't know. Um, I've just moved in with like my partner, and we are both like massive foodies. Um, probably one of the main reasons like why we're together. So <laughs> I'm making us some dinner later so i've got some pak choy with garlic um honey soy salmon and rice so that's the plan but yeah so try asian supermarkets that's my bring your own manual nice. and thanks thanks so much for having me yeah i said well, i'll tell you my bring your own manual before we we move on i'll let you uh, i'll let you deintroduce yourself shortly um so uh, what i've learned this week is a lesson i already knew and this happens to me more often than not 
a lot of the time when I do something and I don't do it, I'm really anal about things, right? If I don't do it right and the way that my morals or my code of ethics or the way that my experience has taught me to do something, I almost always, you know, something goes wrong. I did some work for a client and this is absolute sacrilege and it quite embarrassing for someone like me who sits on his little pulpit sort of soapbox and talks about it to everybody all the time i did some work without a contract in place yeah it was only a small piece of work and this same client has paid me for work in a similar fashion before yeah. a few days worth of work you know but i mean it's still fairly high value but it's a you know anyway had issues with payment had issues with not necessarily payment with what I agreed to do to the client. I was absolutely clear. Everything was yeah. laid out in documents, in reports. Not There was no statement of work and no contract, but everything was laid out. And there were questions, because there was communication issues at their end, they basically thought I should have done something that I definitely didn't agree to. So I've now said I will do bit of that piece of work to get the invoice paid just to keep them happy but that's about it you know but it might have soured bridges and burnt bridges and it's unfortunate because I was clear but they weren't and it is what it is so yeah learn my lesson there always have a contract (laughs) always have a contract and buy ramen from Asian shops and buy ramen from Asian shops because seriously like you got to got me from like chicken super noodles at some point like they have a whole <laughs> aisle oh my god i could have bought the whole thing i'm pretty excited for my dinner <laughs> i i we had um we we've had homemade indian like tandoori couscous and um chicken kebabs today that's what we had but we every night my wife cooks something really healthy which like that you know quite a, a nice healthy protein full meal and uh then at the weekend, I'm the one who comes in and goes, right, let's go out for a meal on Friday, and then all weekend I'll do the cooking, but I just I just don't care. I'll just make mac and cheese with about a million grams of cheese in it. And... <laughs> Different types of cheeses. Now, I um, yeah. I know exactly know exactly what you mean. Well, I would love for some recipe inspo, so feel free to send me some stuff over through LinkedIn because I think... Let us we know on to... LinkedIn what you want. Anyway, we, we have to close the show now, Perl. I could talk to you all night, but we're really going to have to go. So, thank you very much. We are now at the end of the show. Thanks to everybody in Twitch chat for joining in, and do feel um, uh, and thanks to everybody listening to the podcast in the future. Thank, finally, thank you very much, Perl, for coming on again. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point in the future talking about other things. There's, I still want to get you on talking about code. Not, I not to. We that one. Sorry. I thought we booked in for that one. I don't think we booked in for it, but we'll we'll talk about it after the show. We'll see if yeah, we can get you okay. in. Um, and feel free now to pimp any links, any social media channel, channels, your employers, etc. cetera. Uh, your, your time to shine. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like the main thing where you can access all of my links is on my LinkedIn. So I'm on linkedin.com forward slash the coding recruiter one because somebody has the coding recruiter and I was very upset about that. So I'm the coding recruiter one, linkedin.com forward slash coding recruiter one. Good stuff. And our time to pimp, you can visit our website on www.dnistream.live where you'll find links to all our social media platforms, all our podcast channels, uh, around a million of them, Apple Podcasts and everything else. Um, and our, I think uh, our podcast goes out on Monday mornings now at about 8 o'clock in the morning. 
Um, so you can give us some feedback on there as well. You can send us a funny dev story if you want to be a, uh, a guest on the show or anything like that. You've got any comments, you've got any further questions that you want me to pass on to parole, etc. If you don't want to get hold of her directly and you want to do it through us, just drop us a message on the website. Um, lastly, f do not forget to follow, which is below our Twitch channel, and uh, you'll get notified whenever we go live in the future. Lastly, we hope to see everybody next week at 7 o'clock, Thursday night, and we'll thank you very much, and we'll say good night. Bye! Thanks, bye everyone.